Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line—it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI—it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's Wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family. Cannolis and spins mean everything. Now you want to get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChapaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday, everybody. Hello, everybody. How's it going? I'm doing how you good. doing, Rob? I'm doing good, Kevin. Thank you for asking. So, Kevin, how is your your uh, your crystal collecting? Well, let's tell you, uh, we spent an evening sitting down on the living room floor. I put some plastic down, I put a towel, put a bucket, a sifter. We had a toothbrush, getting I, all the I, dirt off the diamonds. I did have a date holes. like that once. Oh, where there my was gosh. Are you just down stop plastic right now. It. Stop just, it right okay. now. And uh, found some great crystals, actually. Had a huge haul. Amazing. Yeah, it was really fun. We, had, we separated them by shards, by full crystals, by crystals that like are really beautifully defined. Yeah, it was a good Well, time. Now, now that we've talked about your crystals, can we talk about your ronettes and chiffons? <laughs> it's a little musical theater joke there, kids. Now, on. my friends, is a musical theater joke. Now, fun fact, I love musicals that have the old sort of Greek chorus, you know? Remember... Uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Do you remember early in previews, they had a Greek chorus? The nerds? Were they called nerds That's or something? That's right. I actually saw a preview with the nerd chorus in it. And they and they delegated them to just off stage right and stage left. They made these sort of voms almost. Very were, Greek. Were, it's very Greek. Just, yeah, where they would just comment on the action of Spider-Man. It was the craziest thing. You should have so just crazy. sat up in my seat where I was commentating on the action oh of Spider-Man. Gosh, wow. Can I get a it chorus credit? Insane. Hey, question for you. And I, I know we, we we try not to do politics. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> did you watch any of the DNC in the last couple nights? Yes, because I've, I've watched uh, them every night. 
I have too every single moment of it, and I think it's uh, very theatrical in many in many ways. I mean, as a, as a production, I'm curious. You as a producer, who now you're going to be doing a benefit on the next. I don't even know when it is. On Friday, it's tomorrow. Thank you. I oh my gosh, Rob, thank you. It's tomorrow. I'm like I'm so stupid. It's tomorrow. What? Don't part of this? So stupid. So did you see anything you learned? Did you see? Because to me, it's had a very the. I mean, yeah, last night was a very emotional night. You could tell they really leaned on that. Talk yes. to me about anything as a director producer. Do you notice things? Because I'm curious. Because I have, and I'm just. When I'm, am I alone? Oh, no one is alone. <laughs> Truly, no one is alone. Okay, fine. Well, Don't obviously, was, was not me. was not asked to sing that at the freaking thing. Um, I wasn't asked to sing at the convention. Uh, have I noticed anything? Yeah, you know what? Look, it's incredibly well produced. I mean, they. I think they realize that it now has to be like an infomercial. You know, it feels like a documentary almost. And I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know what the Republicans have planned for next week, but well, listen. Well, I can't I wait not, to see. I'm so curious. I am I mean, curious I'm see what too. They do too. I will say this though, in all honesty, I have my own thoughts about that party, and I will be quiet because that's not what we're talking about today. If it's as successful in terms of production value as the convention this week then i have no problem with every time there's a convention even when we're out of covid if it goes in this realm like there's you know clear it's so like you pay attention there's no screaming constantly there's no screaming there's no there's none of that it's just literally let me talk to the camera and make an appeal on why you think or why i think you should vote for me and Mm. if that's gonna if that's gonna be similar to next week's convention um, then I have no problem if in every four years the convention is held in this way. I was very moved by um, the roll call, seeing the actual geographic locations, seeing the diversity that makes up this particular party, seeing the diversity that makes up the country. I'm liking the fact that every night is led off by like a celebrity narrator that like walks you through the process. I really enjoy that. And I think the speeches are more effective. Oh, I, I think so. Very I mean, much so. You know, yeah. la- you know, last night, I think President Obama's speech would have, yes, it would have been very effective with a crowd and the screaming and the cheering, but there was something more effective by it is just this man looking directly into the camera with no other noise. Well, that's why I feel like I, 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 they had to have tapped into some resource that understands theatricality because the setting was not all the same. They used it to their advantage. Kamala Harris giving her speech speech. Oh, you muted yourself, Kev. Kev, there you go. Sorry, Kevin no. got Kevin got so excited, <laughs> so pumped up. No, so talking about the different venues uh, and and how you know some in the big arena, and then they they deliberately put Obama with that backdrop, that setting, that scene, you know. And and I just think it's very telling. it's direct. It's it's it is directed and it's produced. Uh, directed look. So I'm uh, I'd be curious who the sort of back channel, the puppeteer of some of that stuff is because it was. It's. Re- I mean, they must have. I mean, I. I, I have. Does Mac enough? He was really working hard for that. <laughs> there weren't enough screens. There weren't enough. There weren't enough screens behind the actors. So I don't. I don't. I don't think it was a Des Maganoff production. Um, I am interested to see wh- how next week's looks. How next week's indeed, looks. And, indeed. Uh, I'm interested to see who their who their speakers are going to be. Um, so we'll. I am. I will watch. I will watch. I will watch both. I will watch both. Um, although the one thing I'm really I'm having trouble with on this one, yes, just because I'm like, <laughs> remember, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. We're like in the middle of like a scene, erroneous will pop in, and he's like, first time around, of course, as they yes. told him to yes, walk yes, around. Yes. Uh, yes, I did the show in high school. Yeah. Okay, so 
to me, Joe Biden feels a little bit like erroneous <laughs> because at the end of like every speech someone makes, he like sort of just pops in and you're like, where, where were you? Where were you lurking? At the end of the night, at the end of the night, the last three nights, he's just like, oh, there's Joe coming in from stage left. Hey, and Joe. And you're like, <laughs> just like I, erroneous. I just want him to go first time around and then off off he goes. That's That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking for. But yeah, so yes, I have been watching. I think they are produced. I'm very interested to see next week um, to see yes, how, 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 uh, how they handle it because that party is yeah. not particularly known for their artistic sensibility. So I'm, I mean, do we remember Clint Eastwood talking to an empty chair? For well, 40 was, minutes at one of the conventions. Like, yes, there was definitely some uh, avant-garde theatricality oh, to that, you know for what? sure. Well, you know, maybe I should take it back. Maybe, maybe the know? Republicans are more avant-garde than I was. Because he's, yes, that's <laughs> they true. They might not realize that's what they're doing. No, wow. Sorry, Republicans. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm, I'm very impressed with your, your theatrical know-how. Trump is like, he wants it to look like Arto meets Beckett. That's like, that's the one instruction he's given people. Um, he is, well, that it's something. So yes, I have been watching. Uh, I was, I was happy to see Billy Porter musical theater on the first night. The musical theater connections. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. And it's, I love seeing Carrie Washington. I love seeing, it's good. It's, I'm, I like how it's being produced and mm-hmm. I would have no problem if this is the way it continues on. It's effective yep. to me. It's effective. Um, I agree. Yes. So anyway, that's that. Hey, also, don't forget this Saturday night at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, we are doing another trivia night. It's Saturday We're night back. trivia. We're back. And the theme is revivals, 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 and sometimes revivals of revivals. That's right. Some of them yeah. many, many, many times. And, and the different changes, you might do a little homework, see if what's maybe songs were in one and not another. Maybe. Oh, yes. Little yes. Bits and pieces. Maybe, yeah. um, maybe revivals that were supposed to come in, but never came in. So you should uh, do your question, revival work. Yes. Question for you, Rob. Are we only talking about musicals or are we talking about plays as well? Just musicals. We're not Great. dealing with play revivals, folks. Just musical Great. revivals. Now, here's something I found somewhat interesting, and I'm going to mm-hmm. share it, that revivals really were not a big thing on Broadway until No, No, Nanette in the 1970s. That, that's really what kicked all of this off. Yeah. They used to have like revivals at City Center, you know. Right. And, and Lincoln and, Center as well. Yeah, and those uh, would run like five you know, performances, six performances. That's right. Um, but like the actual like, hey, we're gonna bring a show back is is new. Well, and it was so again, new. You're right, yeah. it was so new. I mean, like it wasn't it was an idea yet that you would you would actually exactly. do that. it would go on tour, you know, like I'm thinking like MAME all those years later or something or not that was oh, sure. tour, but you know, the same production, but um, to reinvent something, you know, to re to take Fiddler, yeah. not do, you know, some of the original staging. Yeah, that was <gasps> sacrilege, sacrilege, <laughs> sacrilege. And I listen, I'm going to you know, you know that it, the, the, the Tony nom, the Tony category. I didn't know started in the nineties. I did not. I totally forgot about that. Rob. Yes. It used to, I mean, it used to be lumped together as best uh, revival of a play and or musical. Mm-hmm. So it was one category, one category that you're both. And then in 1994, they split off. And it was best musical. Right. They got their own. Some some trivia for you, Kevin. Do you remember what musical was the first to win the best revival? First musical uh, to win best revival in 1994. Oh, uh, what? Oh, my day. Was it Carousel? It is Carousel. Yes, it is Carousel. Good, good. Yeah. Yes. And and what 
once again, I'm reading, it's not my favorite thing this week, but I just love reading it so much as mm. uh, once again, Don Dunn's great book, The Making of No-No, Nanette, <gasps> oh, I which is such that. a fantastic book, but really dis- like explores how like the revival came to be. And of course, also for more revival research, you can go to Ethan Morton's One More Kiss, the Broadway musical in the 1970s, which has a fantastic chapter in here about revival, specifically No-No, Nanette. You know, we this week we had an interview, listeners, with um, a Broadway historian and, and has put out numerous, numerous books on the subject. And I question because they all, all the historians sort of all know each other or know of each other. And you were saying, you know, have you, you know, traded interviews yeah. and all that? And you guys will listen to the interview. But um, I, I do find it interesting that all of the names, they all come back, you know, from Gerald Boardman to Stephen Susskind to Ken Mandelbaum. I mean, we really only have a handful of these people putting out these books. Um, I don't know. And I just, I don't have a big point, but I just think it's really wild when, when we see them always coming up over yes. and over and over again. It just shows how important it is. Um, those of you, if you're anyone out there who is doing the research and doing the work, uh, like you are, Rob, you're putting together a book right now. Thank you so much. Do um, the work. That, how, important, how important that is. You know, that, that I agree. Because we are using those resources uh, still. Uh, as a, Even Ethan Morton, as, as yes. opinionated as, as we love him to be. I love Ethan's books. As a reference book, it's I love his books. Used it for you know for our and that was our our guest this past week. You know that we talked to it said the same exact thing. You know it's a good reference. The wonderful professor. Love when you bring it up, and I and I need to get this known on a netbook because to me that's exactly what it is. It's like it's so good. I need to get with. It's yeah. so good. It's and it's and it's gossipy and it's catty. Really? And there's a lot of people mentioned in here that we've like talked to, like oh, Lockie, Lonnie Ackerman, of, Carol yeah. Demas, Ed Dixon. Um, yeah, it's a good one. And then we remember we did that concert of 54 Below and we had Roger Rathburn come in, remember? And he sang That's T for Two. Yes. Sounded yeah. lovely. He's, and he looks... Just like when you've been in a show, you know, done so many hundreds of performances, he knew exactly how that was, you know, to go. And it was just special. Muscle memory. Muscle memory for that gentleman. It is, you know. It, well, um, yeah, it, that's exactly it. Uh, much, much like uh, Ernestine Jackson when she sang If I Were a Bell. Uh, and I had the honor of getting to do that with her. And and it was uh, when we were in that practice room at Shuttler Studios, uh, it was like we had gone back in time to 1975, 76. Uh, and, and, and she was just belting her face off. Oh, I and love then the that. original key. Thank you very much. Oh. Yeah, and the original key. Thank you very much. And key remember, change, of course. You got to have a jazzy key change as well. I lo- What I loved about Ernestine's performance was we did a sound check and all the kids were there because they're all like 20-year-olds in our ensemble, yeah. right? And their mouths were on the floor and gave that woman a standing ovation. Uh, it, this was in sound check, so she was pretty great. Um, hey, you know what else is great? Favorite things. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Who shall Let's go first? Do it. Why don't you go first, Rob? Me? 
Oh. Yeah. Okay, so mine is musical theater related. Okay. That I am very excited about. Although you really wouldn't think of it as a musical per se. And it is a film. It is a film from 1990. And it's one of these films that I'm surprised we have not talked about on the podcast yet. Um, and I have to, I actually look back in our old episodes and I was like, oh shit, we really, I don't know how we've not talked about this. It is one of my favorite films of all time. I think you've seen it. I'm, and I hope you like it as much as I do because it was a huge part, I think, of our, of our childhood and growing up. Um, it's uh, not a musical, but it has some songs written by Broadway's most famous composer and lyricist. Stephen Sondheim. It's Stephen Sondheim. It's from 1990. Stars Warren Beatty and Al Pacino. So we've talked about Dick Tracy, haven't we? I I looked. Was it our, a favorite thing? It was a favorite thing. I'm sure it was a favorite thing. Okay, so I looked. I that's Kevin. I'm I'm the same as you. I looked and I was I, like, it was, it was one of my favorite things. It was definitely one of my favorite things. I I, I remember doing my research. We talked about back in business. We talked about okay. Uh, so here's uh, the orchestrations were. Come on. Okay. So, so am I wrong? So, so here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's do it again. I no no I. I looked on all of our past episodes, right? And it is not there. I have a feeling that we talked about it once, but it was not, it was part of a favorite things episode, but it was not the favorite thing. This is a good one. This is such a good one. Because I look, I, I, I looked, I did my due diligence. I looked at all of our past episodes and I was like, I how so jealous? How is great not covered Dick Tracy? So anyway, I uh I and I was like, I'm like, I feel like Kevin has talked about this before. I really did. And I was I really like, had a room I really remember doing. And I was like, we I was like, so maybe like where it's not. It, we we've never Okay, we've never bring it. Let's go. It. Let's go. Let's okay. go. You know, do you, what on. is like the Mandela effect? Do you know the Mandela effect? No, what's that mean? Oh, you don't know about the Mandela effect? Uh, no, I don't know the, the damn number Mandela effect. What, what oh. is the Mandela effect? Okay, this is really cool. The Mandela effect is this idea that when Nelson when Nelson Mandela died, yeah, right. Many, 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 many people were like, "What do you mean he died? He died like ten years ago." I remember watching his funeral, like a collective. And- memory change. this collective memory that's quote-unquote incorrect that like a whole group of individuals right. are like no 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 that totally happened i remember do you remember the sinbad movie shazam oh yes of course no you don't because there was no sinbad <laughs> movie named shazam and that's also a big man- part of the mandela effect that we, for right. some reason, in our collective conscious, really funny. We feel like, yeah, there was a movie in the '90s with Sinbad called. Oh, I saw the neon lights said, and everything. Yes. Like, the, like I saw like neon blue, neon yes. red, and pink. Yes, oh but the movie never, never existed. existed. But for some reason, in our minds, we're like, I remember that. That's so amazing. I feel like Dick Tracy. Oh, would be I saw the episode thing. in my head. I was like, it was number nine hundred and four. Yep. It was. <laughs> he was paired with, you know, Harold Rome. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So any okay. so so, so Dick anyway, Tracy Dick Tracy. Such sorry, a great favorite thing. I am so, now. Are you doing the movie or the the soundtrack? Because I thought I did the soundtrack. In my maybe you did. Maybe maybe maybe, no, maybe you did that. 
Maybe I, did not, I did not. I don't fucking know what we did anymore. Let's talk about it again because it's so sorry, funny. folks. Dick Tracy is one of my favorite films. It, it where first of all, it's based on the fantastic comic strip by Chester Gould. Um, if you remember, Chester Gould did this. This it's a detective. He talks into a wristwatch before there were Apple watches. He was that ahead of the curve. He's always wearing a yellow trench coat. And he he battled so many wonderful villains in the comic book. People like a uh, big boy and a flat top. Oh, I and, like the hex. Yes. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And prune face. Anyway, in 1990, um, Warren Beatty directed and starred in a and produced um, Dick Tracy, the movie, which starred the, the, the list of stars that show up in this movie. First of all, is like musical theater heaven. Not only is it Warren Beatty, it's Al Pacino, who's not done a musical, but I would love to see him do a musical. Al Pacino plays his arch nemesis, big boy Caprice. And Al Pacino is what got an Oscar nomination for this is so campy and so theatrical and so, so theatrical. And he's, he said to Warren Beatty, he's like, I will do the film. I only have one stipulation. And he goes, I get to design my own costume <laughs> and makeup. So when you see it, You'll, you'll actually see Al Pacino's work. It also features Charles Durning, Dick Van Dyke, Kathy Bates with one line, Dustin Hoffman, Isn't Mandy Patinkin. in here with one line Catherine O'Hara shows up. I think they mm-hmm. cut her part, but she's like sitting there with everybody. Mm-hmm. Paul Servino. I mean, it's, it's uh, uh, one of our former guests, Conrad John Shuck. Um, <laughs> Estelle Parsons, Cole Meany. Like everywhere you look, you're like, I know that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing the movie is probably known for is for the movie did not get very good reviews. I don't know why. No, I know mm. why. It's because the year before Batman came out, remember Michael Keaton's Batman, yes. and that movie was so brilliant. And so everyone just sort of compared Dick Tracy to Batman and it was like wherever Dick Tracy is falling short. That, so anyway, it was, it was it was unfortunate. However, you watch it now. And it's really enjoyable. It's enjoyable for two things. One, Richard Silbert's production design of this movie is one of the most gorgeous you will ever see in your entire life. It is just fabulous. They only use, um, they limited limited their palette to seven colors, uh, primarily red, green, blue, and yellow. And if you watch the movie, all of the colors are the same shade. Like the red in the dress is the same red that's the paint on the wall, which is the same red on like a tchotchke on a shelf. Like they have like done a brilliant, brilliant job. And I, Richard Silver was uh, given an Academy Award for this and it's gorgeous. However, here's why we're talking about it today. Um, Danny Elfman wrote the, uh, the incidental music. He wrote the soundtrack of the film. But there's five standalone individual songs, three of them which were given to Madonna because she played the female lead in the film. She played Breathless Mahoney. It was a favorite um, thing a year ago. It was we did the, I, we did the, I'm Breathless. That's what it was. I just looked it up. I'm going, but we did remember because I did I'm Breathless, thank, not the movie. But thank yes, God, because yes. yes, that's right. She did sing some of the Sondheim songs, but then Danny Elfman. Keep going. Yes, because there's two different albums. There's the movie album, the soundtrack, and then. Her solo album. I don't mean to step on your your no, thing, you're not but I'm stepping. Fi- on, no. I finally figured it out, and the listeners are yelling at us, being like, "This is why." I could, okay, so that so you did. I'm breathless. Yes. Okay, uh, okay. The Madonna now, album. So on the Dick Tracy album. So there really is no Mandela effect here today, no. but just just Sorry. two old guys trying to remember what the hell happened. <laughs> so, so Beatty asks yeah. Stephen Sondheim. Right. To write five pastiche sounding songs um, to be used 
in uh, in the movie. And they are five, uh, five, actually five of my favorite Sondheim songs. They're really good. There oh. is, um, thank you. There's more, which uh, has like a very uh, Irving Berlin type quality to it. Uh, there's Live Alone and Like It, which is very charming. Sung, um, it's, you hear it played on the radio in the movie, but it's being sung by Mel Torme. You can that. also hear Michael Rupert sing it and putting it together. Um, Back in <laughs> Business, which is the big showy like, you know, montage number. And What Can You Lose? A Torch Song, Helen Morgan, song by, sung by Mandy Patinkin and Madonna. But the best song in this movie is called Sooner or Later, parentheses, I Always Get My Man, close parentheses, mm-hmm. um, which was sung by Madonna in the movie and was awarded with an Academy Award. Um, so if you have never seen Dick Tracy. Um, and if, according to the Mandela effect, if you're like, of course I watched Dick Tracy, you told us to on, <laughs> on my favorite things, episode 103, then I encourage you to go back and watch it again ju- and specifically focus on the beautiful songs that Stephen Sondheim has created for this piece. One of my favorite renditions of Sooner or Later, if I may, is from the 1992 Sondheim tribute concert at Carnegie Hall where Bur- Bill Irwin comes out to conduct, but you know he's going to do mime work because it's Bill <laughs> Irwin. And Karen Ziemba comes out and seduces him while singing sooner or later and literally doing gymnastics on a piano bench and the piano itself. So to see where that all came oh. from, go watch Dick Tracy from 1990. It's available on just about every single platform or come over. I can act out the whole movie for you. And do it, the uh, uh, the movie actually is I think very well made, and I do love the idea yes. that Warren Beatty really uh, was a sort of a you know he did it to make money, but he really loved it. I mean, he really wanted to make this as an art piece, and I, I appreciate that, you know. And and I think it shows in the movie in the filmmaking of it because it is it's, fascinating to see these Dustin Hoffman as Mumble. I mean, like it's just really crazy to see these actors having fun <laughs> do you know that the role of mumbles came down to two actors it was dustin hoffman and do you know who the other actor was literally had this conversation a year ago during the episode oh, sorry um, and i and then i still don't remember um, it's who, it's who gilbert godfrey that's gilbert right. godfrey that's right. he said it's the yes it's the all it's the only time in his life that he imagines dustin hoffman like won over a role <laughs> on him, which I think is kind of incredible. I love I Gilbert Godfrey. He, he should have been Dick Tracy. Oh. And if you're like me and you, and you grew up around the, uh, you know, the Walt Disney area, um, if you remember, they did a mini Dick Tracy musical in the early 90s at Disneyland. So if anyone no. was in that or knows, like, the, can get us a bootleg, I'd love a to see musical? it. A musical? Yeah, they took, I mean, they took, like, Danny Elfman's score and they took Stephen Sondheim's songs and they did, like, a, tw- a 20, 30-minute musical. Me. Uh, Disney, I like, like the way they this. like the way they do like Aladdin and oh, Frozen. I oh, I I know. I'm impressed they tried. I mean, that's I'm yeah. impressed. That's oh, cool. So yeah, okay. So anyway, that's oh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Mine. I love it. I think that's great. Thank you for that. And and also really really quickly, Disneyland was trying to plan a, a Dick Tracy Crime Stoppers ride, and mm-hmm. uh, they they never did it. So if Disney wants to re-examine that, please do so. And do not watch the horrible racist offensive 1960s dick tracy cartoons which okay. are which are uh oh really uh, they are they will make you cringe really? so in the dick tracy cartoons if i may and then we can we can Please. move on i'm sorry it was like oh it was a cartoon and it was like dick tracy would like be sitting at his desk and he would get like a crime 
like a notice on his like watch and it'll be like dick tracy like big boy caprice is stealing money what should you do about it and he would be like and he wouldn't do the crime he would be he wouldn't like go fight someone he was like go send and he would send in like random detectives two of these detectives oh boy one of them was called joe jitsu which was just mickey rooney from breakfast at tiffany's an animated form uh big time and the other one was someone named gogo gomez and we will just we will just leave it at that. Um, and needless to say, they used to rerun these things in the early '90s after the movie came out. And then Hispanic and Asian groups were like, "You can't do yeah, that nice. anymore." So <laughs> I think I'll be honest. I think they're on YouTube. And if you really want to make your asshole like get down to a millimeter out of tension, <laughs> just 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 watch one of these. So go enjoy. But my my thing is Dick oh, Tracy yeah. only for the Sondheim songs. Oh boy, take, take it away, Kevin. Oh yeah, yeah, you cracked me up. So uh, my favorite thing this week uh, is you know yet again um, something that was uh, inspired by research that I was doing for an upcoming guest that we have. I try to if if sometimes I feel like I'm pretty good. I know what they've done, but if I'm really taken by someone, I, I really want to at least have context of some sort. Uh, and this upcoming guest, right? I, well, I, I hope is going to be an upcoming guest um, because we haven't done it yet, but um, really kind of rocked my world a little bit because I knew so little about this individual and yet they seem to have influenced so many other artists and playwrights and artistic directors and and you know influencers of the business and yet this person was very much an anti-establishment anti uh many anti many things um and this person is uh, the, so what my favorite thing is uh, the movie um my dinner with andre from 1981 yes um, the a two-hander um, with uh, Andre Gregory and Wallace Shawn. Um, and, and Andre Gregory is the person that we're hoping to, to have a chat with. We're, 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 so, we're in, in full disclosure, we're scheduled to uh, have our interview with him on Monday, but the episode won't come out until November, and it right. coincides with his autobiography, which I'm in the middle of right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm, I'm just started that too. Yeah. Um, and so I, I confession, um, folks, I, you know, I, I really didn't know anything at all i knew the name a little bit um i didn't know much about his i, I don't know a lot about avant-garde theater i don't know a lot about international theater um especially let alone experimental theater in the 60s and 70s um uh, let alone now um and so he's not really connected to american musical theater but he's deeply connected to theater um and of course it's all universal yeah um and i was i i i thought okay i'm gonna watch this movie i bought it or you know rented it and i thought all right well let's just get research and i did not expect to get so sucked into it to be so um, moved by the arguments that are imposed on this um like i said it's wallace sean it's andre gary yes they're they're playing themselves essentially later they would say that you know they could have you know interchanged their parts and the message would have been the same but it really come on guys quit blowing smoke you're you're, you're they're playing themselves it's easy but they did write a script i mean it, it was a written piece um it was directed by a very um, a well-known French director, uh, Louis Mal, I think. Louis Mal. He was yeah, married to well. Candace Bergen. That's right. Um, and so, and he, this is not his normal foray, but this sort of like very much, um, it, it felt like a, it feels like a play. It really feels like a play. It's in it's in the um, the a very famous uh, restaurant, the Cafe de Artis, uh, that is no longer with us, but a very famous, um, you know, for you know. Artistic uh, restaurant where artists would go and hang out, and you're there. That's the set, and it's just literally the movie is in time of Wallace Shawn getting ready 
taking the cat or walking up, going to the dinner, how he's a little nervous to see his old friend that he knew from a couple years ago, um, five years ago to be, uh, and then uh, and then their conversation as dinner progresses, and then while Sean getting up and then saying goodbye and him on the taxi ride home and going home to see his girlfriend. It's very it's very literal, and yet it's incredibly moving the arguments they make. Um, Andre Gerger had not been in theater for like five years or so, and he had done crazy avant-garde stuff, you know, in in the forest, being buried alive in Long Island for Halloween, all these sort of things to get in touch with, you know, his artistic self. And so the first hour of the movie is really sort of catching up where he's been for five years um, because he really had been sort of a recluse and been away in his artistic journey. Uh, And then the next hour is very much their sort of argument back and forth of Wallace Shawn, who's very much more of a humanist, uh, a realist, um, and Andre being more of, you know, his spiritual experiences and what that means. And what does it mean to be an artist? What does it mean to tell a story? What does it mean to have experimental theater and uh, the nature of theater versus life and et cetera, et cetera. And I just thought, I don't know, maybe it's because we've been in lockdown mode. Maybe it's because I've been really thinking a lot lately about what it is, what those exact questions. And I, I was just really moved by by the movie and, and how quickly it, the two, almost two hours went by. Um, and I, I really would encourage you all to, to, if you haven't seen it, of course, check it out. And if you have seen it, uh, revisit it again, because it definitely will, I think, in this time period, make you think a little bit. Um, again, this is from 1981. At the time, you know, uh, Roger Ebert, remember Siskel and Ebert? Um, yes. Roger Ebert, you know, it, he gave it the bit, thumbs up, thumbs down. He, Roger Ebert made it, it was his best film of the year for him. And for the 1980s, for Siskel and Ebert, it was their fourth and fifth best pick for the entire decade of the 80s. Wow. Uh, I think that's just really interesting. And I mean, it's got all the great reviews. And yet it's so, it's very much to me like an anti-movie. It's very much, it feels very theatrical, very much like a play. Um, and uh, yeah, and I just thought, I, you know, you guys, while this isn't a cast album or a YouTube clip, I think this movie is very artistic and very beautiful. And I think it's, it's well worth um, the time spent. I'm, I'm so happy that you picked that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, it's one of those things, you know, there's, you know, there's epic, you know, artistic, you know, pieces out there that I just have not gotten to yet, you know? Uh, and I'm just so thankful that I, I got to uh, experience it because I really was surprised. I thought I was just doing homework and it turned out it really stayed with me for, for, for a couple of days. I, uh, I remember, uh, you know, in the follies in concert, in 1985. Oh. Andre Gregory is Dimitri Weissman. <gasps> He's the guy who's like, so many of you came. That's right. I am astounded. I never put them. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, all, he, that's all he did. Wow. That's all he did. Huh. That's his big and, musical theater. Uh, and waiting for Guffman, I now get the joke at the end with the action figures mm-hmm. when Corky St. Clair... Shop. He, <laughs> he puts the two action figures together and it's like it's so hard to get a reservation oh yes it is <laughs> you're just like he has and you're like yeah that's, it. that's i uh so specific i used this was in high school to show you how pretentious i was and i cannot do it now i used to be able to do an impression of andre gregory in my dinner with andre but I don't remember any of the lines and i can't do it so you knew this movie when you were in high school rob i mean yeah you know why because I was a huge Waiting for Guffman fan. And I was like, what is this movie? And so I went, I rented the movie to watch it <laughs> to like get a sense of what the joke was in Waiting for wow. Guffman. And uh, I was not disappointed. But you're right. It's a, it's a, I'm going to probably watch it again then tonight or tomorrow. It's a goddamn, what a bro, beautiful, brilliant film. I think it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah, I really was happy. I was a huge fan of Andre Gregory's work though in Shazam. 
1996 Sinbad film. Oh, Sinbad movie. I love that movie. Sinbad. It's a really good movie. <laughs> good score. Great score. Good Danny Elfman did the score. score Danny too. Elfman. He did. I'm, yeah, he I'm, did. So, I'm so happy you picked that. I think that's, a, that's a, such a marvelous choice. Yeah, okay. It was very nice. Yeah. So go watch Dick Tracy. And then cleanse your palate and get sophisticated and watch My Dinner with Andre. Very nice. Do you think one day they'll make a movie about us called My Dinner with Kevin and it's just us at like Westway Diner? Mm-hmm. Forgetting that we had already talked about the exact same thing yes. a year before. Yes, That's yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So once yeah. again, folks, it was I'm Breathless, not the movie Dick Tracy. It was I'm <laughs> Breathless, now but you exactly, get to watch. But that episode was August 29th of 2019, so almost a year ago. <laughs> Shit. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Maybe we should talk about retirement plans. All right, Shit. all right, all right. All right. So hopefully you'll join us again on Saturday at 8 o'clock. Uh, Venmo me at robert-schneider-5, or you can go on to PayPal at Rob. Schneider at gmail.com um, or you can donate to impact lebanon um, which is where all of our proceeds are going to go and just screenshot and we'll send you the zoom code but we're excited hopefully we'll see you all there till next time bye folks raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens brown paper packages tied up with strings These are a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theatre community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theatre professionals, search the RISE Theatre Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theatre with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.